Hello listeners and welcome back to the second episode of the Invercast with myself, Keel. And myself, Mark. Mark, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm alright. Looking forward to chatting to John Heron today. Exactly. Should be, should be a good one. But before we go into that, thank you all so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, with the feedback and the support we've got over the past few days has been really great to see, you know. Um, and I'm, I'm sure I speak for Mark as well that we're glad that we can bring you something to listen to and just take your mind off everything in these unprecedented times so hopefully we'll have another good episode for you here today and just sit back and enjoy so john welcome to the second episode of the podcast mate how are you yeah i'm all good yeah bit bored obviously with this <laughs> what's going on but listen you just gotta go on mate it's about staying safe so just keep myself fit and as I say, wait and hopefully get back soon. I don't know if you listened to it, but on the previous episode last week, we had Ben on and he was yeah. saying about how he's went home to his family. Are, are you doing the same or are you still running no, about no, Larn here? I've just stayed up in Larn. I'm settled here enough, so it doesn't doesn't too bother me now anymore. I'm used to being away, um, obviously, for yeah. the last couple of years, so it doesn't really bother me as much. So, um, as I said, no, I'm just I'm content up here. I've got everything I need up here in Larn, so... To say I'm well looked after, so it's it's easy enough, yeah. As it's as we all know, it's on present times. Just is about keeping yourself active and just seeing at this point rather than anything else. Yeah, as you say, it's hard obviously because you're staying inside and you're not used to it and, and stuff because you're used to being at training every day and always doing stuff and you're you're in a routine and especially you're eating and stuff as well. But as you say, you just got to look after yourself and you've got to be ready for when obviously the season starts back. So that's that's what I'm sure all the all players will try to do as well. So sure, sure it's disappointing because you've your time at Lauren just not being cut short, but when you're just there and you're on a good spell, just to have that taken away from you. Yeah, as you said, obviously since I've arrived, I think we've won. We only lost one game, I believe. I call rain. Only lost one game, so obviously the start's been good. So it's, it's as you say, it's hard that way because they're on a good run. And even before I joined and I spoke to the manager and stuff, he was saying what, what he wanted to do. And obviously, when I knew I was coming and it was all done, I was looking at the fixtures and I told him what what I felt as if we could do. And um, I told him that I, I felt as if we could finish in the top four at least. And uh, I think it was definitely it was definitely looking that way we could do that. So as I said, it's it's difficult that way, but we've got to take positives from it as well as in how well we've been playing recently and even some of the games we didn't play well we're getting the results so it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a sign of a good team as well and you're not performing well to still go and get the three points so as I said yeah it's, it's difficult that way but as I said it's a lot of positives and it's very positive and it's um, on the hop definitely at land so we're all looking forward to it The only thing you can really do at this stage um, is take the positives from them and then build upon them and, and perhaps just develop them then for either when the season resumes or going into the next season No definitely as you say obviously people forget as well I think everyone looks at our team and thinks it's probably a it's definitely a top three, four team anyway. So, um, but I say this is Lance's first year. Obviously, I've just I've not been here as well long in this league, so it's the first year in the league. But you can definitely see with the foundations that we've got there from the manager and Kenny and everyone around the club. And since I've moved to Lance as well, you can see in the community, and it's not it's only a wee small village, but everyone pulls and, and pushes in the right same direction. So it's. It's something that's very definitely on the up. So I'm looking forward to it. But as I said, yeah, if we can continue the season now, then we hopefully we kick we kick start again where we where we left off. But if not, then as I said before, when we said at the start, it's all about everyone staying safe and healthy. And yeah. if that means we have to finish when we, we finish just now, then that's what we do. And whether we go in again in summer, whenever that is, the pre-season and, and do hard work, and then start next season as, as we finish this one. So see what happens before we touch on the Lauren John I just want to take you back to the, your start of your career I think it's well known by ne- next to everyone that you started your uh, football career at Celtic was that always like 
asked Ben the similar question last week, but was it always a plan you to go down that route of becoming a professional footballer? Um, well, obviously, since I was younger, it's like I think it's like every young boy into even if <laughs> even if the boys when they're younger they're not really into it. It's it's probably the easiest thing to keep keep your child if you've got a son or whatever and even a daughter as well with the, the women's football coming up now as well it's the easiest yeah. thing it's it's not too expensive it's, and it's easy to do so and it's a good way to keep them out and active in the streets so for me at a young age I was always playing football and obviously someone's I don't know I, I used to just enjoy it playing outside and stuff and then obviously yeah. someone told my, my parents that I was maybe better than the average or whatever so um, I started playing for a wee team and then obviously Celtic came calling and for me it was a no-brainer obviously and I went there and <laughs> Yeah, obviously, growing up from a big Celtic area, was my dream was to play for them. So I'm, I'm lucky in that way that I got the chance to do that. So yeah. eight, eight years old, we joined Celtic. Was it must have been amazing for you just as a Celtic fan, just to be thrown into that environment? Yeah, as you said, I was eight. Um, the thing, the thing, what it was, it's funny as well because it was only eight, and the first age group they had was under tens. So um, they were, they were taking a chance because I, I had a few other, I had a lot of other teams that were interested. Actually, the first team that were interested were Rangers, and that got backhanded straight away. But there was a few, there was a few other teams that were interested, obviously. And for me, as I said before, coming from where I come from, Coatbridge, big Celtic area, it's the only team I really wanted to play for. So, um, but they, they took the chance. They said I was eight, and they, they took me in two years early and put me in under tens and just kept me there. I, I was just training with them every day just signed a contract but I couldn't it wasn't the contract obviously for that thing it just means I couldn't go and sign for anyone else because they just wanted me so um, I kind of felt as if it was the right thing to do and I knew they really wanted me so I, I felt good about it obviously and as I said coming from a very young age playing with older boys and stuff at such a young age and it, I think it helped me in the longer run. Mm. Did you make any relationships right, with any of the senior staff even when you were Aesthetic like likes of Martin O'Neill or Gordon Strachan. Did you ever chat to any of those? No, they were they were all they were all before me. I was only still. That's the thing. People think I'm probably older than I am. I'm older than I am, but <laughs> no, I'm only. Um, I just turned 26. So the first manager that I really properly, I left school at um, 16. Signed my first contract. Obviously, the, the manager that was there was Tony Mowbray. Neil Lennon was the assist, is the reserve manager. Well noted that Tony Mowbray and Neil Lennon didn't get on well. So when I left school, it was in the summer, obviously, and I went and they signed. And um, Mowbray was the manager, as I said, and he came in and he was saying what he'd heard about me and stuff. And then obviously Lennon was there. And for me, growing up as I said, as a Celtic fan, Lennon was like one of my heroes. So I was I was shook up that way, obviously. But then obviously Mowbray got the punt after three months, and within the first three months of me me leaving school. And the first month I was in my under twenties, under nineteens, which was a different. Cause they got two training bases. They did have, they still do. So I was in the R training base, but I, I was doing well and I was progressing well. So after a month, they threw me up into the reserves. And Neil Lennon was the manager, the reserve manager. So then when Tony Mowbray got sacked, they gave Neil Lennon the job, interim job, and he he done well. But it was good for me, obviously, because I was up there training for two months with him. And then when he went to the first team, he just he more or less just a transition. He took he took two or three boys and for them reserves, and I was lucky enough. As I said, I was only maybe 16, 17. I was lucky enough, and he took me straight up with the first team. So I was I was in a I was in a good and fortunate position. Obviously, it's about luck and timing. And for me, I was in a a good spot at the right time. And um, as I said, from three months on from leaving school, I was end up with the first team at seventeen. So as I said before, I was I was lucky at that time. You, you just touched upon it there by. Neil, Neil Lennon was your, one of your heroes growing up and he's a bit of a Celtic icon what was it like working under him as your manager because he's also uh, from these parts as well yeah he's big obviously he's a big personality massive personality as everyone knows um, but for me one thing I like is anyone that will tell you that knows me or plays me or plays against me or whatever I'm honest like 
I like when I do something good, not that I expect praise, but I know I've done something good. When I do something bad, I expect to be told I've done something bad, and that's the way he is. I don't like being, I don't really like being sugarcoated. I'm not one of the types of people. It's just the way I've been brought up. So he he was very good at that. You're an unbelievable man manager. He would help you when you've had good times and bad times, even on and off the pitch. Obviously, I was going through some stuff off the pitch with my parents and stuff, and he was obviously there with me, and he helped me a lot. So um, even to this day now, I still speak, con- still stay in contact with him, and throughout my career, I've always stayed in contact with him. So. He's a nice man, obviously. People with different aspects and opinions of him, but that's it's just the just the world nowadays. And as I said, everyone's got their own opinions, but unless you actually know them, then you don't really know the, the person himself. So as I said, but yeah, he's obviously from round here, and it was down to him that I came over here and all that at the start with. So yeah. I've always got loads of respect for him. Yeah. Yeah, he's found his way back to Celtic again, and he's still again it shows you even after his spell before that the fans have obviously welcomed him back. As I said before, even when he left, like it was, I was still there when he left. I'd actually agreed to sign a new contract. I'd signed a new five-year contract just before he left, and then he went to Bolton, and it was all up in the air and stuff. So, but as I said before, like Neil Lennon, even as a player, he was a legend. But then obviously the what he went and done as as a manager and some of the good nights we had at Celtic. Obviously, was, when he was a manager, it was unbelievable. And so it was only obviously. It was hard for him at the time because people were questioning whether it was the right um, right choice, purely simply because of the style of play that Celtic were playing under Brendan Rodgers, and quite rightly so. But Lennon's proved whatever he's, especially when he's been at Celtic, that he's got he knows how to play, he knows how to play in big games, as you said before, Champions League and stuff with Celtic, the best results and runs they've ever been. It's been under Neil Lennon, so he knows exactly what it's all about. And, make it even better he's a Celtic man as well so yeah I think the fans were always maybe you said some fans were, were a wee bit against it but I think maybe majority of them were all for it as well but anyone that was against it's definitely now turned their head and they're all, all pushing the right direction now yeah you, you actually touched on it there uh, so he had some iconic results as both a player and a manager you rightly right, so featured in one of them the, the win against Barcelona the two one at the Celtic Park what was that like for you as a not just a player, but a family club as well, going through that experience? Yeah, obviously it was massive. Obviously, you look back now at the time, it's just, it's hard because you hear all people talking about it, but when you're not, you've never, when you've never been in a position, you hear all people talking about it and you think, oh, they're just saying that, whatever, but yeah. honestly, now that you sit back and you, you look at it and you, you can sit back and remember it, obviously I didn't play a part, but I was on the bench and stuff and I wasn't like, warm up, seven, the whole atmosphere was just unbelievable, but at the time it was it was hard and I say hard because it was so much so much preparation when I knew Neil Lennon again going back to Neil Lennon like our first goal when Yama from the corner we practised that the morning of the game about 10 times and we could not get it right it was like blocks yeah. in the corners and corner back really? post with Yama header because we, yeah. jo- we, we knew Jordi Alba was on the back post so they thought yeah. we can get one of the big boys onto him they're going to win the header so we practised it like 10 times that morning and we couldn't get it in the garden the other was going mad and they was just like it's a simple cross, simple cross, and, <laughs> and obviously straight away bang that happened. And there's bits throughout the game when you think, oh, you're sitting there obviously, and you're thinking, oh, this is just going to be all night. And then obviously when Messi gets the ball, you're thinking, oh no, anything can happen. But then um, just throughout yeah. the game, and obviously, and, but for me it was it made it even more special because it was it's crazy because it was the 125th anniversary as well that night yeah. of the game. So the the stadium was full. It was always going to be full anyway, but the the showings and stuff that the fans put on were unbelievable and even the wee bits before it like we people people don't really remember as well because the result was so good but we had we had two boys like the squad got announced in the morning 
yeah. of the game. And obviously, uh, I was on the bench and stuff, so I was phoning people and blah, blah, blah. But I got told the night uh, before, and they went and phoned me and said, gonna be, I'm going to put you on the bench. So I was phoning him. He's like, Here, here's tickets, whatever, give them whoever you want. So I couldn't sleep that night. I was <laughs> playing, I was on the bench. <laughs> and then boys woke up in the morning, like Captain Scott Brown woke up, like couldn't play. With two big players missing, with him missing, like he didn't even play, he wasn't well, so yeah. it wasn't even a full, full, full strength team. But it was just that's just what he does. He just he just gathers eleven players and they just all work for him and work hard for him and fight and do as they're told. And yeah. it was an unbelievable performance. But as it, looking back now, obviously it's an unbelievable result and it'll go down in history. And I'm just lucky enough, as I said, to be part of it, as in sat on the bench and just just witnessed yeah. it firsthand. So. There's loads of listen. I've had loads of things. Even the even the ones when we went away. Like that year was probably one of my favourite years. Obviously, because I stayed I stayed clear injuries that year. When I was, it's, it's probably the only year I stayed clear injuries itself. I played a part in every Champions League game. Like as in played a part as in I was there. I was on the yeah. bench or in the stand or whatever. So even like going away to Barcelona, we got beat five one. I scored a hat trick. Like even when you come off the bus and you're walking into the stadium and you're like, this is a new camp. Like you're going <laughs> yeah, yeah. under the ground and stuff. You're thinking like you just you don't realise until you step away from it. You come away from it. The time it's just it just seems like another day, but at the time when you walk away, as I say, it's it's, it's one of them that sends shingles up your back and stuff. But as I say, yeah, it's, I enjoyed my time there and it was good. But yeah, you mentioned there about it being involved in that particular season involved near enough every Champions League game. What not very many people are in the position to be able to say that. So what what goes into being at, uh, the preparation for a Champions League game? Because I'm sure, like obviously, like it's there about price in the corners because you knew Jordan Alba was going to be in the back post. Uh, well, was there like a difference in preparing for them compared to regular league games, or was it something similar? It's, it's just pressure. Like people don't people underestimate how much pressure there is. Like I've been obviously I've been fortunate enough to play with some big clubs, but even you play for big clubs. I was in England, obviously with Blackburn. You're going away from home to some odd places, and you're going and you're thinking, oh, we can take a point here. We take a point. We're happy. We'll go up the road. You can't take a point at Celtic. You just you're just not allowed. You yeah. can go away and beat Barcelona on Wednesday. But we beat Barcelona on Wednesday and you could go away on Saturday and draw one each and people are going mad. It's just the way yeah. it's just pure pressure. And even like even after that Barcelona game, it's probably one of the worst not worst things, obviously, because it was unbelievable. But after that it was like, right, we'll win this game, we'll just show up, we'll win. And it wasn't even coming from the players, it was coming from like the fans and everything. And you know what it's like of you of being part of it as well. Even you might not think he's a party, but he's a party, he's a media man, he's not using about it, he's not what it's all like, you know, the pressure. Yeah. You are under pressure, different pressure, but same pressure. So um, even like going into games and stuff, it's the feeling is just the feeling is hard. And then when you're playing Champions League every every couple of weeks as well, you're going Saturday. And yeah. People people don't give Scottish League the respect as well. Some good players and some good teams, and it's tough. And um, especially when you're going away from home and travelling and stuff, yeah. and then coming back and then have to go to Champions League, and you got to put in it as well. Like the footballs only normal people. They like to see their family, their their wives, girlfriends partners or babies whatever so um, when you're playing Champions League Wednesday you're going on Saturday you're playing Saturday you're going away you're not coming home you're going to a hotel Sunday you're training Monday, Tuesday you're staying in a hotel Tuesday you're playing a game on Wednesday and then you're getting to go home after a game on Wednesday night and then then you see them for Thursday, Friday, and then you're back in the hotel again on Saturday. So it's it's tough. It's it's hard on your body, and it, the majority it's all about recovering. As I said, for the ones that are playing all the time, but um, yeah, it's it's, um, it's just an unbelievable experience. As I said before, it's one that will live in me forever. And as I said one that I was fortunate enough to have someone that believed in me. And as I said, for me, one of the big things in my career was I was injury free that whole year, and I seen a lot of things that a lot of people would give up two of their legs to be part of, especially where I'm from. So I said before, I'm just fortunate enough that I was in a good position. 
It's like Tony Watt scored that iconic goal. He's kind of become like forever associated with that match. It's just funny how one match can come to define like an era in a way for people. Yeah, you see, I went to school with Tony. I don't know if you know, like Tony's one of my best mates. I went to school with him. Not one of my best mates now, but he's one of my yeah. one of my best mates. So we went, we sat in maths class with each other. And before I left school, I was leaving school to go and fill the same professional contract with Tony. Tony was leaving school to do nothing. It's just the way it goes. Then, then, but then we're both sitting on the bench at Barcelona. Three foot, three years later, it's crazy. Tony's story is unbelievable. Um, lovely person, doesn't get enough credit as what he's due, as I said. But unbelievable, and lovely person, down to earth person. Um, but as I said, yeah, people's careers are it's, it's all over the road. It's like they can go up and down, and you have more you have more downs than you have ups. But as you said, the ups outweigh the the downs, and I know it's an old cliche, but um. As what it is, and as I said, people take different paths, and it's it's all about just relishing them when you get the opportunity, and hopefully take them. And as I said before, it's about staying fit and getting your chance. So, yeah, you you, you just never know where, like you said about your careers, they're they're all over the place sometimes, and you just never know. Um, so fo- following then on from Celtic, you moved to down England to play for Blackpool. What was that like going from Celtic <coughs> and transition to Blackpool? Oh uh, yeah, well the thing is I didn't actually I still had the contract in Celtic. I was under contract. I, I, I didn't want to leave. And um Celtic, obviously by this time I was what, I think I was twenty one. So I was an eight year old and then I left at twenty one, so I was there for what thirteen years. So I had a players that come through at that and do that kind of thing, it's the club always look after them and they have a good association with them and, and one so I was really close to like Lawwell and stuff at the time and I, as I said that was just that was the seat the summer Neil Lennon was like was leaving or it was the summer after so I'd agreed to sign a new contract and then the new I'd actually agreed to sign a new I can't remember what it was but I agreed to sign a new contract and then Ronnie Dyer came in obviously and he says no one leaves no one leaves no one signs no new contracts are given and no new, no contracts are ripped up because there was boys that that, that I was there with that were told like for instance Callum McGregor who's doing unbelievable now he was told he was yeah. to leave like he didn't want him Lennon that didn't want him so he was told to leave he had boys like Tom Rogic told to leave there was loads of boys told to leave who didn't want him so um, everything got stopped and then Ronnie Dyler came in and obviously as I said before for me being spending four months with reserves and then going straight into the first team at 17 it's, and then from Ronnie Dyer coming in I was straight back out because he obviously didn't know me or whatever and then he had no young boys at the start training with me and then he put a few in obviously put in put in myself for a short spell Cairn Tierney obviously put in he put in a few others boy Liam Henderson but um, he didn't really after, I, knew straight, I knew straight away when he came in I still had two years I had two years left but I agreed to sign a new contract but I paused because I wanted to see what it was like because I was at an age and I'd had bad injuries I was at an age where I knew I, I need to go and play yeah. whereas if Neil Lennon was still there I'd have signed it on a heartbeat because I knew the kind of relationship we had and I could have been there I could have been in and out or whatever given time but um, I knew I had to go and play and I knew that after after three weeks I knew and I went in and asked to leave and he was like no you're not allowed to leave you're still part of the whole setup and stuff I know you're not being involved in the, the, like, the team match the teams that are but we still want you here we want I don't really know you personally or as a player or whatever so I want to keep looking and I was like right okay and then obviously I heard that he wasn't happy that I went in so a couple of weeks later I got my agent to go in and ask to leave and he was like I think they were thinking about the whole contract thing and I just said listen I don't want anything I just want to be allowed to leave for nothing so I left and went to Blackpool and massive club um, look, I actually enjoyed my time there but again I went down and started flying I was really started unbelievable this was pre-season we played pre-season yeah. games and I was feeling fat and strong and everything I was feeling probably best I felt because I'd done a really good pre-season going into it 
because I knew I was going down to England. I'm thinking England's just all about big physical, fit players. So I knew what I was getting into. So um, they just been relegated for the championship as well. So um, I went down and I was flying. And then first game, we played a game against Acton Stanley on the Thursday before the season started on Saturday. And uh, I got injured. Well, I felt something outside of my knee. So on the we played them on the Friday and I got a duck fell on Thursday and the manager's like, rest, games next Saturday will be fine. And I was like, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't right. So I woke up on the day of the game and says, this is still really sore. It's not just aggravating, it's so really sore. So he says, right, don't come to the game, go and get a scan. So I went and got a scan on the Friday, came back on Monday morning, said I'd done my, crew, my meniscus cartilage. So I'd ruptured the whole thing. <laughs> so then going from like, manager like, no, you're going to play, don't worry about it, you don't need to play this, they've been out for 12 weeks. was... That was me out till Christmas time. So yeah. I was, again, I was just, oh, here we go again. Because I'd done it before and I was like, here we go again. Like, it's just going to be the same stuff over and over. Because that's the reason why I left as well, Scotland, because I wanted to move somewhere and just clear my head. Yeah. Because obviously, big public sale, you have options to go and stay in Scotland or whatever, but I just wanted somewhere else and to go somewhere and have a fresh start. And then straight away that happened again. So it kind of put you in the back burner. Plus, at the time, I was only 21. So I was away on my own and stuff as well. So it, it was hard. It was hard. It was it was, it was a tough time, but as I say, that's now I look back at it, and it's made me personal and made me probably stronger for for that way. So it's. But after that, I was after that I played, and then I came back from it. I get threw in on the trained again on the Thursday, coming back from it, and he threw me in straight away on the Saturday, and I played, and then we went on a good run up until maybe February. I think we were sitting seventh in the league, February, and then we took a because we played we played football at the time at Blackpool. We were really passing out for the back, and manager really good, Neil McDonald. Yeah, yeah. Um, West, it was old West Ham assistant, and then we, we took maybe we had a few young players as well, and then we took a few beatings at February time. I think the first three games in oh, January, I can't remember. I think it was January, or February. But the first three games in the month, we um, we got scalped. We, we just got bullied off teams, yeah. and uh, then he changed it. I, it was during January because he changed it. He brought in big boys. He brought in the big boy Uchi, like Pizza, that hearts now. Brought in big physical players. And then he said to me, he says, You're probably our best technically gifted football and stuff, but I'm going to go a different dimension. I'm going to go long. He said, I still want you for some games, but. And then my head was gone, obviously. And then I sat and I played maybe 21 games or something. And then he came to the summer. And then we were seventh, as I say, took the three games. We ended up getting relegated because <laughs> um, they just brought in a whole different dimension, trying to change it too quick. And then. I left obviously I wasn't I had a few things to stay in League One because I'd done well when I was playing but I wanted to come home I had another two years in my contract and then that manager got sacked and then Gary Boyer came in the old Blackburn manager and then obviously I didn't have a good relationship with him he came in straight away and he was telling boys some things that just some of the things we've seen in the changing room and stuff I just didn't agree with and I'm that type of person if, if you ask me if someone asks me I'm going to give him honest opinion and he didn't like it he put me in his office one day and asked me what I thought and I told him I wasn't being cheeky or anything I wasn't being arrogant or rude I just told him the truth what I thought and he didn't like it he always obviously thought I don't know whatever so and then obviously they were in League 2 they got relegated so I didn't want to play in that league so I'd asked to leave but I had two years of my contract left and then I asked to leave and he says no and then the day before the, we went away to St Andrews in Scotland for pre-season and I had three teams in Scotland in the SPL to go to so my, my agent said to me the deal's going to be done while you're in Scotland. So drive up your car, because we were in Blackpool, so we got the bus up. But he was like, if somebody want to drive up, they can drive up, because it's only three and a half hours from Blackpool. So yeah. I said to him, can I drive up? Because I'm obviously home, more or less. It's only 30 minutes from me. So I can go home sometimes if I've got the afternoon off. He says, yeah, no problem, on you go. So I drove up, but my agent said to me, fill your car, 
with all your clothes because you're not be going back. Like the deal will be done while you're up here. And then he found out. I'd filled my car up. <laughs> and we got there for 10 days, two weeks, I think it was. And he pulled me after first day or the second day and says, um, you want to take me to the shop? And I was like, yeah, no worries, take me to the shop. And he's like, open your boot. And then... But in my back seats as well, I had suitcases and then yeah. I stuck my, my boot and everything. And he was like, What's this and stuff? And I just said, like, I want to leave. And, and obviously, you know, you've, you've been contacted by teams in Scotland and Sudan and over it. And I'll, I said, I just said to him, I said, I threw my agent under the bus to be fair. I just said, My agent told me it was going to get done when it's up here. So he told me to bring my stuff. And then it didn't get done until that was start of pre season. We went back straight away and that was within the first two weeks. And then I think there was two months left obviously the season started the transfer window closed and I was there and I was sitting in my house I was on the phone with my agent obviously the last couple of days because the first couple of games of the season because the season started before the transfer window he knew I wanted to leave so he binned me from everything didn't put me on the bench didn't put me in the stand didn't put me nothing just tell me to come in because we've got a gym in the stadium Mm -hmm. in Blackpool it's like a hotel and a gym she says you're not part of anything going to the gym and uh, you don't come and watch the match and I was like what? I hadn't done anything wrong but obviously he knew I wanted to leave so um, he was like don't come and watch the match do the gym while the match is on and then <coughs> go home don't watch the match so um, I knew I was like to my agent the last week of the transfer window I said you need to get me out here I just need to go anywhere because I can't sit here for a year I'm yeah. 22 I've just been on the back here playing the most games obviously in League 1 I, I can't stay here and he's like yes yeah okay and then so players know what it's like you get told they've been seen and then it happens and oh, there's, there's things that go on that's out with your control that you can't go and then obviously I was sitting on transfer deadline day and I was I was I was raging. I'd unpacked all my suitcases. And I was sitting on the couch and I think it was like ten o'clock, half ten, my agent phoned me and they gave me an option to go to a team and the team was way lower than what I should have been going to. Yeah. And my agent's like, this is the only thing we have. And I was like, if it's the only thing I have, like I can't sit here, I want to just go and play football. And he literally said to me, Okay, that's what I wanted to hear and hung up his phone. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, So what am I doing here? Am I going or am I not going? Like I mm-hmm. just wanted to go. I didn't care where I was going, I just wanted to go. And they phoned me back twenty minutes later. I guess I sent about a thousand messages within the twenty minutes. And then they phoned me back twenty minutes later and says, Right, Dunfermline want you on loan they were in the championship big club in Scotland. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, done. And he was like, But they can't pay any of your wages. And Blackpool only willing to pay 20% of your wages. So you have to take yep. an 8% wage cut. And I was thinking, but I, I was just in a position where I knew I had to go. So I said, okay, Aye. go. So I went. And I got. I didn't really even receive any wages, more or less, when I was up there. I signed for six months. Went to January. And as I said, I played, played every game. Loved it. They wanted to sign me. And then we'd agreed to, I had another year, obviously after that mm-hmm. year so I had two years left so we'd agreed that I would go on loan and in January would sit down and talk about me cancelling my last year but they wanted to keep me if they went to League One mm-hmm. so it was a wee bit messy so it got to January I'd done well I'd played every game I'd played like 22 games every game I'd played we'd done well we were sitting fourth in playoff position to go to SPL and then Don Film says that we want to negotiate to even keep you on loan. We can't pay like, all your wages so, or whatever. So I was like, right, okay, um, I, I don't mind just staying. So they said, right, we'll make up the 80%. And then Blackpool came back off. So just being an idiot saying, right, we won't pay the other rest. So you just need to stay for that. So I was like, fine. So I, I was happy enough. It wasn't for that. For me, it wasn't about that. I was just wanting to play because I'd been so long at big club, but I wasn't able to play because of the injuries and whatnot. And, I was better players were ahead of me at Celtic obviously so yeah. um, I, I was just happy about playing and then obviously 
I went to Dunfermline, signed again till the summer on loan, so I extended it to the summer. And then when I signed in January, I phoned Blackpool and said, right, I want to cancel that last year in my contract. I don't want anything off you, I just want to cancel it. So we'd agreed it. He says, OK, I, I, I like that for me. You don't, you're not asking for anything. You just want to go and play football, whatever. I'm sorry it didn't work out for us. We didn't get on, whatever. So I says, OK, fine. So I agreed to cancel it in January. And then a month, we'd agreed to sign. I'd agreed to sign. I loved, I loved my time at Dunfermline. Loved playing there. Massive club. We played good football. We ended up finishing fifth, one position outside the playoffs. We were unlucky. We'd done really well. with a good team, good manager. And uh, I'd agreed a contract with him. It was all done. And then he said, right, we'll sign it in the summer. And then six weeks before the end of the year, I uh, ruptured the ligaments in my ankle. And I was out for 12 weeks. So obviously they, they came back to me and says, the contract, the, the same contract, we can't sign you on. And I was out, uh, right, okay. So I didn't know what to do. I was uh, um I don't know what to do, obviously, but I'd, I'd played really well that year. So I'd had a lot of offers. So I'd like Dundee United. Lennon wanted me to go back with me to Hibs. So I had Ross County, all SPL teams. So I was like, okay, if you don't want to sign me, like, I'll go here. And yeah. he was like, well, we still want you just hold off and stuff. Because he was going back to the chairman. Obviously, the chairman wasn't really wanting to do it because he's like, you're going to miss the first three weeks of the season. He's going to be, he's, going, he's a big, he's a big like, marquee signing, really. So we ended up not agreeing. And then I went to go to sign with Hibs at Hibs in Ross County. There was a thing with Hibs in Ross County. And I went up to Ross County. Went away with him and stuff, and we couldn't agree a contract. We went and done. I was up there for a week. They offered me a contract, and I wasn't happy with it. And then they said, "Okay, we'll get it sorted." Come to La Manga, where we're going in the summer. And I said, "Okay, no problem." So I went with them to La Manga, and they said, "We'll get it done. We're over here." And they were just being idiots with me, really. Like I wasn't asking for stupid. I was just asking for something simple, like what I should I should have got. And then. Um, I was just going to end up just signing and then Magic said to me, no, hold off, wait. There's something else. So I said, okay, no problem. And then it was obviously like, Lennon could have been in, Lennon was, was interested and then there was Party Thistle as well. So I was in, in between two because Party Thistle's Glasgow and it's, I'd be moving back home. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to Party Thistle and then we'd done like a mini medical and then I found out I had <laughs> I'd ruptured everything in my groins. Jeez. I'd done my and a hernia. I'd done. I, I had a double hernia, ruptured my groin. Um, done my um, my glute muscle, done my quad muscle. I had, I had ruptured. They just said to me, "I don't know how you're still playing. I don't know how you've been okay. playing with this." He says, "Do you not feel it?" I says, "Yeah, I feel something." I says, "I'm seeing when I was passing the ball and stuff. I was having shooting pains like down my like see where your bum is like down my bum, uh, arms, up my stomach, round my side. I just having shooting pains. I was just in discomfort, but I was thinking, I was thinking I was just sore. I was thinking I was just sore. It's pre-season. Just got on with it. Just bite your teeth, got on with it. But it wasn't. <laughs> I had a double hernia and smashed all that. So you're like, listen, we can't sign you on that. So I was like, oh no, what have I done? I've just like rejected contracts and." Uh, I didn't know I had this obviously yeah. so and obviously um, there was a few clubs that looked after me and I went and got operations and some of them worked some of them didn't work and then I had another I had a, had a last operation and they said to me like if it doesn't work you need to quit because you can't if you want to walk and stuff when you're older and run about with your kids or whatever then if this one doesn't work then you can't do anything so what they done is they gave me a they gave me a double hernia operation and they gave me a they just fixed it all. So ever since then, obviously, it's it's been brilliant. And that's how I ended up going to Glenton. I had the opportunity and I didn't know what to do because there was a few things to go. I still had, few, when this was going on, I still had a few options, but the season had started, so I couldn't 
we couldn't do anything. And the few options, I had the options to go down to League of Ireland, but their season started in January, and I came back from my operation in like August. And uh, I've only done like a week of training, so I was in at Celtic and stuff. They looked after me, and I was in there training still, doing bits, and then. Neil Lennon phoned me with my agent and said listen there's Glen Torrance it's a big club they'll look after you you don't need to go there obviously they were only part time but I can still train at home I could still train in there and then they'd fly me in and out and I could play and train with them so yeah. I wasn't I also I wasn't sure what to do because I was like, like I'm not a part time footballer like, I've never been I don't know what that's about mm-hmm. I've always been at, so I didn't know what was going on my agent was like to me go for six months see, what, see if you like it um, you can still train here they'll fly you out Thursdays and they'll fly you back on Sunday after the match so I was like okay sounds good I just want to go and play football because um, obviously I, I was interested in the ones going back down, down south to Ireland but, and there was a few things abroad but the season started in January and I couldn't wait from August to January because I yeah. needed to make sure my groins and stuff were all fine so I said okay so I took a hit I more or less took nothing to come over I just said just organise my flights I wasn't hanging about the contract I was like just let me come and play and I'll prove that what I can do and they're like, right, okay, so that's what they done, and obviously then I came over here and I done well, and I signed again or whatever. So, but as I said, I've loved it. since I've been over here. I've loved it, but Blackpool wasn't. The, I enjoyed it for a bit, obviously, and then the manager mm-hmm. and stuff changed. I didn't like it, and then obviously I had my injury problems after that. So, when you're out laid off for that long with injury, can you describe like just how that feels when you are so desperate to play but you can't? Oh, it's, it's tough. That's a, that's the side that people don't really. See don't really see do you know what I mean because obviously everyone thinks oh football is all this glamorous whatever and you get everything you got loads of money not everyone gets loads of money yeah. not everyone not, it's not all glamorous like even like as I said I've been lucky enough to be involved at Celtic Champions League and be involved in big Champions League games even that even when you're going through that it's not glamorous as I say to you, it's hard for me to tell because you are saying Champions League like unbelievable he's going to win this game but like see after the match or even them games everyone's just so tired and so drained because you put so much in there that after it boys were crying in the change room just yeah. because they're so drained and they just put everything in it and not even just like energy as and run about but it's just mentally the biggest side for me in football is mentally if you're mentally strong enough and you get luck and you stay fit anyone yeah. can go anywhere because it's not always the best players it's just for me that's the biggest side it's the me- mental side is massive and when you're injured all sorts of stuff goes through your head as in should I really still be doing this am I going to be able to like, man told me I physically couldn't he says you're probably in a wheelchair if this doesn't work and you go and get another operation yeah. and so I started to think Jesus what do I do like then you start look, you start second guessing yourself all I've ever done when I was as young as play football even when I was in school like teachers used, I didn't even really need to do some stuff in classes because teachers were like obviously there was this whole thing when I was at Celtic I was like the next whatever so teachers were like to me oh John you're going to be leaving soon like teachers would say this to me like you don't even need to do that you're leaving in six months because before yeah. I Celtic tried to get me to leave school early and they wouldn't allow me the government because I was too young <laughs> so I had to go I had to go into school twice a week for the last six months and then I was in at Celtic three times a week I was only in at school twice a week or not the opposite I was in at school three times a week and I was going to Celtic twice a week so I was only at school three times a week so even teachers were like to me then like it's when you're leaving in six months like you don't do anything I don't even think I've done an exam Jeez. <laughs> it's mental so then when you're going through these hard times of injury you're thinking what do I do what can I do like even mm-hmm. like and now I'm in a good I'm looked after myself and I've looked after what I've had but now I'm in a like when you're injured at the time when I was back then I said what do I do like what can I go and do 
don't yeah. know what else you can do and you think do I want to do this because as I said all stuff goes through your head as in shall I just quit here shall I just give up but it's it's not, it's not sensible it's not what you should do do you know what I mean so um, but it's tough to say that it's like you, you get really lonely as well even the time when I was at Blackpool and I said like I was down there myself obviously my family and people I was with at the time used to come down and visit but they're, they're not there all the time so when you're there on your own it's tough and even you can go out with coffee and stuff with boys but it's, it's difficult even here with boys here at Larn and they're up here in the houses and how Kenny makes everyone feel so so welcome and part of everyone's just um, probably it's so unbelievable like even even the manager and the staff how they make you just feel but even for instance Kenny and stuff some of the stuff he does some of the stuff he does with the players and how he makes you feel and feels just so at ease and part of everything as if he's known you for ages it's, yeah. it's probably the best I said I've been at some big clubs but it's probably the best I've ever been at for that because as I said the manager the staff Kenny even the players obviously I knew a lot of them before I came here it was a major factor me coming here as well obviously yeah. but he, it's, it's just massive and as I said before that he, it's a wee village obviously people were saying to me when I was saying to Larn oh you moved into Larn and it's not a, nothing to do but I've obviously been here now three months and there's not much to do but <laughs> I like that way Belfast is 20 minutes away I drive yeah. now Belfast is 20 minutes away I've got everything I need here and as I say everyone looks after you you can go to the shop and people's talking to you the whole village is just alarm it's just a alarm village it's, they all pull yeah. in the same direction and even now I've started doing wee coaching bits and stuff with Gary Haven and a few of the other boys as well and even the, the, the kids and their parents and stuff it's just all it's unbelievable and I think it's I think it's a credit to be honest to, to Kenny and to, to his staff and how he's got the whole team and the village pushing in the same direction and as I said before when I signed it's people think of Lana as in oh it's money it's not money because if it's about money you can go elsewhere and get more money everyone knows that people within the club know that that's not why I'm here or I'm guessing that's why not players are here because if you want more money you can go elsewhere it's pure yeah. and simple because of the where you feel as if this club can go and where it should be going because of the facilities but more than all you've got an owner who actually loves the club yeah. who actually loves it he's not in it for profit or anything he's in it because he's a land person and he wants him to do well and he wants him to do well for the village and everyone in the village is within the club as well so it's it's some, somewhere special it's somewhere so far that as I said before I'm still not fully settled in but I'm settling in and everyone's everyone's really welcome I'm enjoying my time here as I said so but the injury things it's, it can be lonely as I said even here when boys are moving from elsewhere over here they can get lonely but Kenny's made that a lot easier for everyone but when you're going through Injuries, even boys here again injured and stuff. John McMurray, I was down seeing him the other day. It's, it's a bad injury, and he's keeping himself top. I know he's only from Belfast, but it's still hard. Going through hard injuries, it's it's tough yeah. on you. And people people don't see that side of the, the game as well. So you need to be mentally strong for that. But as I said, for me, I was the first couple were obviously I done my knee twice at Celtic, and I done it again at Blackpool. I done my ankle loads at Celtic, but the last, the last one there was for me was probably the toughest, and it's that's when I was probably questioning everything that I'd ever yeah. done and I was questioning is this really for me or whatever so that one was tough and it took me a while to get back even when I was playing at Glens I was I was fine like physically but I just I still wasn't fully there and yeah. um, I feel now I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm fully fit obviously now and whatever but mm-hmm. it's, just, it, it's hard to get to get your head around and stuff so yeah have you had, had to adapt your game Johnson no the way you were talking there about how the injuries you've had over your career so when you came over the lens did you have to change the way you went about certain things or were you a bit scared if in case you got, the injuries have came back it's hard it's behind me to say also, you probably heard like going into, people obviously going into tackles that if you pull out like you're going to hurt yourself more than anyone else so you can't really pull out going into tackles or anything but running and stuff like you'll know and because you probably see this stuff in Atlanta like mm. I'm I'm all over it like I'm 
I'll run. Uh, running for me is no problem. I'm, I'm just yeah. naturally fit. I run 13, 13k a game easily. Every game it doesn't bore me like that way. I'm fine. But certain aspects that yes, like I've had obviously three on my knee, had my ankles, had all this in my groins. Like, take like for me, it took that took away my. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't really pacey anyway. But it takes away my pace. It takes away certain things like even now sometimes my knees swell up or whatever, or I'll get sore mm-hmm. if somebody hits it or whatever. But it's just maintaining and looking after yourself. As I said, I'm. I'm still only yes young. I'm only came out my young ages now. I'm middle aged now. I'd say so. <laughs> so I'm I'm mature enough to know, and I've been about long enough to know how to look after myself off the pitch yeah. and on the pitch. So that way, it's that way. I'm lucky, as I said. But yeah, it, listen, it does hamper every player. Hampers even when you're getting older. It hampers and players older than me, obviously. But injuries do hamper your style of playing. Obviously, for me coming over here, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. But that's why I moved from Glens to here, as everyone knows, because mm-hmm. the type of style I like to play, I like to get the ball down and pass it and go forward and make passes and not over my head. You, don't get me wrong; sometimes you need to do that. You need to fight, and obviously, when your battles first and foremost to play. Um, yeah. But my main game is all about getting the ball down, obviously, and passing it and, and playing good football. And that's, as I said, why another reason why I came along. When you first came to play in Northern Ireland, was it what you expected? Like compared to Scotland and even the lower leagues in Scotland, would you say it's much different? Um, I'll be honest with you. Like obviously, I had options to go back there. Obviously, back down England and stuff. There's more football played in this league than there is in the lower leagues in England. And I say that to people, and people are like, oh really? Like see. England, even even if your friends if you watch, I don't know if you watch much. I watch any football that's on the television. Yeah. Even, champ- even if you watch championship matches on Friday night, some on, on the television, it's all in there. You're very lucky to see a, a team that go and play football. Obviously, take away a couple of teams, obviously, but it's all in there. It's the same as at Blackpool. That's why I don't. That's why people were questioning and asking why I didn't go back in the summer and why I signed at Long. Purely and simply because I just I, I just like playing football and playing yeah. proper and that's why I didn't go back to England and that's why I didn't go back to some of the clubs in, in Scotland that I was interested in. And I told them I told them obviously the manager at Long that and when I spoke to him and Kenny it's the main because they asked me as well and it was the main reason why I gave them. Because for me I'm just I like to play football and I don't want to go somewhere where I'm not happy because I've been I've been yeah. places before where I've not been happy the style of football. So that's why I came here and as I said before that's, I'm enjoying it so far because the manager has his playing a good way and he has it installed in every player so if one player goes out and another player comes in they know exactly the, the role and the responsibility so um, it's good and that's for me that's the way I want to play so but as get back to the actual question like when I came over I, I didn't have a clue I did not I didn't have a clue I didn't know I didn't know any. I didn't I knew the boy Paddy McNally who was at Larn obviously but he, yeah, yeah. I came here last year he was on the championship Mm-hmm. So I said to him, like, what am I doing? And he was just saying, listen, Glen Thorne are a big club. It's not much football. He was like, Timmy John, there's not much football, but you need if you want to come and play games and come and play games. And then obviously I played games till January and there was chances to go back and I was just enjoying my football again. So I signed again till the summer and then obviously I wanted to sign again. So I signed again and obviously I left in January, but I left pure and simple as I said before because I wanted to come here and play proper football. And yeah, yeah. I made that. I made that clear earlier. Obviously, there was rumours going about saying I'd fell out with certain people. The manager, Glenn's in it, but I still to this day have a good relationship with Mick. Mm-hmm. And uh, I left on good terms with, with them all, the chairman, Mick, Wendy, everyone. So um, there's nothing there that all the rumours that people saying they're all they're all false. You know, it's like yeah. myself. There's loads of rumours going about, but. Obviously, I went to him maybe about November, December mm-hmm. time and told him that 
December time that that the possibility to come here, and I wanted to come purely because of the the proper full time situation and uh, the philosophy of playing, the yeah. way they want to play. And he told me they didn't want to leave and stuff, and he said, "I want you to stay. I want you to sign a new contract, and I'll give you that." But I, I wasn't, and as I said, I've, my whole career I've not been interested. In, people think I've came here for money. I've not came here for money. If I wanted money, I'd have went somewhere else. So I've not been interested in that. So um, mm-hmm. it's just all about football, and that's why he reluctantly allowed me to go in January. So I'm interested, John, because when you played for the Glens last year. We, Lauren would have been in the championship at what point did Lauren actually become like a real interest for you like was there always like you used as Glenn's players or even the feeling around the club were you looking over your shoulder that here Lauren on the come up or was it only just recently this year when you played against him in the Premiership. Obviously, I had obviously I was mates with Paddy, so I could, I was like, anytime I had the chance, I could I came and watch these. Oh, really? Because I was because last year when I came, obviously I didn't know anyone. Yeah. The only person I knew in Belfast was Paddy McNally, and I was staying in see what the high uh, the what you call it, the Odyssey. Aye. The I was staying there. I had an apartment there, so Paddy was down the the road and the. At the markets, so I was with Paddy every day. I was with Paddy, even the boy Kellen, I was with CC. Um, that's yeah. how I'm most well them. So I knew them. So any game I could come, in, like if you were playing midweek or if we were playing midweek, you just I would come. But mm-hmm. then there was the the when I was at a contract this summer, obviously last summer before I'd agreed to sign again at Glens, like I yeah. thought I was to go back home, and I was going, to, I was close to going. And then obviously there was options in America, and I was close to going. But yeah, Lamb interest. I got told Lamb then, but I didn't know. I didn't know anything. About, I didn't know anything about the situation. I didn't. I'll be honest. With you, I didn't know anything about Irish league. But then that's for mm-hmm. me being timely. I just didn't know. And uh, um, yeah. then when I started the season, I started the season. Then we played these and um, we played these. We played these the first game at Glens. I think is that right? The Oval. Yep. And we, the beat, Oval. we beat these. Isn't it? Was it the cup yep. game or was it a league game? I think it might have been a league game. League game. We played these and we beat you, didn't we? Yeah. Because yeah. I think we've only beat you when you came to Inverpart. Yeah. yeah, and we played you, and I was thinking cause people were saying, "Oh, Lamb, they play good football and stuff." And then obviously I was, I was looking. I was thinking, "Oh, they actually do like they play, try and get the ball down, pass it." And then I looked at the surface, and I'm thinking, "Are they trying actual play and stuff?" And then you came against us, and obviously we ended up winning it. I went to extra. It was a cup game, wasn't it? Went to extra time, or did we beat you in the league game before that? I think I it might be. It's in the league game. Uh, not not too sure, but yeah, no, even, when we play, even even that game we played his first one. I remember thinking this team, this team actually try and play the proper way. I was mm-hmm. playing midfield, and I was like, they play rotation. They actually they've got players who actually know how to move about and like makes makes bases for our people and stuff. And yeah. Glenn's at the time we were just playing like percentage football, passing it, kicking it up high. Hopefully, win balls. If not, then you win. You just fight. So I was like, oh, that's quite interesting. And then obviously, because. I knew they were interested in the summer, but I didn't think anything of it. But it was just yeah. like, oh, Lauren, what do you think? And I was like, listen, I don't know anything about it, whatever. And obviously throughout the season when I was playing and Lauren were doing well, then obviously the conversations were starting to come back and back and everyone was saying, people were saying, contact me saying, look, because you're interested in this, this, this. And I made my mind up, obviously, because I was still playing at Glens at the time. And it was like November, yeah. late November. I made my mind up, like, this is what I want to do. And because uh, I knew in January there was a possibility of me leaving, because yeah. I, I, I had that I could leave so um, there was a few things to go back over the road obviously Scotland England and then the Lamb thing came yeah. about the end of November and then I made, my mind, I made my mind up spoke to a few players I made my mind up what I wanted to do and I'm, I'm settled here and, and all yeah. around I like it here I like the place yeah. so 
as I'm going to stay here. And then obviously I asked Mick. Oh, I didn't. I didn't speak to Lon obviously before January because you can't. Aye. And then uh, I spoke to Mick, the manager, and I just said to him. I was honest with like that's one thing that obviously I'm finally making that a good relationship I just said to him because there was a possibility of sending a contract there yeah and uh, I just said to him like, I, I want to go and stuff and he was like where do you, where do you plan on going and um, I just I just told him I just said to him I want to go to Lyle and he's like oh John you can't allow that like uh, yeah, yeah. one of your fingers and I was like oh, that's where I want to go and then he said to me obviously you do understand I can't so that's what from then on I didn't play from yeah. then on, like, I didn't play and quite rightly so because you can't go and play players who have you know, said they want to go to another team you know what I mean but I didn't do it in any malicious way or even if you speak to Mick or anyone speaks to Mick or Wendy or, they'll tell you like even the players like I gave 100% when I was even in training during the weeks like they didn't stop me from doing anything but I'm, I'm just honest I told them honestly what I wanted to do Yeah, he, he appreciated it as well but he said he didn't want to lose one of his best, better players or whatever. So, but it is what it is. And as I said, to this day, we still speak, stay in contact in good terms. And considering everyone else thinks that I only left because we had a fight, but yeah. <laughs> that's false. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right, John. That was actually in the. It was the Carney Arnhem Shield. It was, and yeah. actually, both fixtures extra were. Time. Yeah, extra time because the fixtures were both back to back, so it was there yeah. like two. Did you think during the week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but would, would you say that at like those two fixtures back to back was that at the moment that you kind of knew Lauren was the place to be at if you were to ever move on from the glance? Yeah, well, also I knew that. Just the style. Of, I liked the style of playing. I liked. I didn't because I was to say I didn't know what I don't know what I was doing because every player's the same. Yeah. You're you're starting to when it gets to transfer, you're starting to think what am I going to do? Where do I, where do I want to be? Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to think what do I do? Do I go back to Scotland or do I go to England? Back to England or because one thing I've always I've never hidden. I want to go abroad. It's something I've always wanted to do. And obviously I was close to doing it last time. to go to America and then the manager got sacked and well I was in the middle of doing the contract, so it hampered it. And so um. And then I enjoy. I, I literally like. I just enjoy it here. I, I like it here. Um, yeah. So I was like, listen, there's no point. I've been places before, like Blackpool, when I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And then even at even at Dunfermline, I loved it. Um, but the last couple of months, I just didn't enjoy it. And I was like, I need to go somewhere and just. Then obviously at my injury, and I was like, I just need to go and enjoy somewhere, and then coming on, on the back of my injury and enjoying it, Glens. Because I loved it, at Glens. Even this year, when I wasn't when I was going through stage, where I didn't like. I wasn't playing for the. Two, two, three months. Like, mm-hmm. I, I still loved it. I loved my time there. I've, I still speak to all the players. I still speak constant contact with them all. I still got a really good relationship with them all. Everyone in the club, everyone. I'll go back to another game, hundred percent when I'm off. I was planning on going to their game against Linfield during the week on the Friday, obviously before the. Oh really? And all this happens. All this happens. Yeah. So, um, as I said, I've got. I, I just enjoyed it. I like it here. It's a it's a good wee yeah. city. So, um, obviously the thing came up, and then obviously when I was able to chat January, when I was able to chat with the manager and Kenny. Then. It, it's just, as I said, the thing that taught me was when I spoke to Kenny and the manager, to be honest, and then that's when I realised that they weren't just in it for themselves because there's too many people in football who are just in it for themselves. And yeah. I realised that Kenny purely was in it for the club and he wasn't interested, there's too many people and owners interested in profits and turnovers and whatever. He was in it just because he wants to get the club to where the, yeah. he thinks they should be or where they can get to and that's obviously Champions League or Europe stages or whatever. Yeah. So then obviously the manager's philosophy of play played a ma- massive part and then obviously the players 
because yeah. obviously a good group of boys and there's a certain criteria you've got to be got got to have in you and a type of person you've got to be to then they change them learn and I liked the whole thing about it. And as I said and then from then on when I spoke to him when the as soon as the transfer window opened in January I spoke to him straight away. I think I spoke to him on the first or something. As soon as I could. Yeah. And from then on I, I said I shook his hand, I said, Listen, I'll sign for you. So I uh, mm. signed a pre contract a couple yeah. of days later. <laughs> to sign in the summer and then obviously we tried to get it done in January and then it eventually after after thirty one days <laughs> it eventually got done on transfer deadline day. So. Yeah. No, that that was probably one of the most drawn out sagas ever. Cause I, cause I can remi- remember the January. Cause I don't know if it was in that January period or before, but I always heard that you like Taren was in for you, or like you were always one yeah. of the names linked. But I thought, oh, maybe it was just rumors. But that January was probably one of the most everyone agrees a hectic transfer windows ever. Like no one really expected yeah. it to be that mad. So it was just more of a matter of time. I well, everyone kind of at the club felt that you were gonna eventually sign. <laughs> Yeah, because the thing is, everyone knew. Literally, everyone knew. Like, I was go, I was going on the pitch at Glens, and everyone knew that I was signing for Lang. Yeah. So there was there was fans like clapping me, saying like "thank you," and then there was fans being like, "Why is he playing? He doesn't want to be here." And then, <laughs> do you know what I mean? So it was it was, yeah. a, it was a tough situation, but it was tough for I don't listen, I don't know I don't know the grudge for obviously making Monday because they had to win their games so. They, put me, they said to me like you're not going to play but you're going to be on the bench every game because if we need you you need to go in because you mm-hmm. know you'll, you'll do it so I was like fine okay so they needed me for two I think there was two matches one point we were drawing one each went on yeah. we won 3-1 in another game and I, they came in after the change in the change room after the match even mm-hmm. all the boys everyone knew and they came in after the match and they were winning the one point and they came in and he's like John you've not played in like I think it was six weeks or something he's like mm-hmm. and this is why we kept you on the bench everyone knows you're you're leaving he says but it's just the type of person you are like it doesn't matter if it was my last game or even if it was against you so like I, would, I wouldn't def- like be any different do you know what I mean I'd, I'd still run the way I had to run or try the hardest so but it was just me- the whole month it was just mental because I was getting told like like it'll be done next week <laughs> it'll be done next week so I was I was obviously renting an apartment yeah. in Belfast so I was like to the person I'm moving out so I was like so I had to give them like time that I'm moving out ah uh, yeah so I was like this is my last month I'm moving out so he was like right okay no problem and then I was like I'm actually moving out <laughs> so it was all over it was all over the place I was looking at houses I was thinking oh, where, where am I going to stay they just uh, get somewhere in Belfast or they go somewhere in Larne or... and then I was like alright you're going to Larne like, when am I going and then obviously we showed up to play he's at your place uh, and then the day before the game we were training and they pulled me in and said like, you're going to play no it was a Thursday they pulled me and said like, you're going to play how would your head be and I was like listen you know what I'm like and he's like it's going to be a football game so we want you to play and I was like no problem so yeah. trained on everything he's like perfect and then Friday full time boy one's trained before the game on Saturday Friday pulls me and says oh, I'm, going to, I'm, going to, I'm just going to put you on the bench I just don't want you to be any I just don't want her to be anything against you because if say you give her something away or say people are going to say oh that's because he's going to learn or say he scores and, and I was like oh, you're the manager like you make a decision I'll stick by it whatever yeah. so then we, we get to the we get to plays and we play these whenever I don't know if it's a Saturday during the week or whatever and um, we show up and we're walking yeah. obviously you go out and you're looking at the pitch and then he shouts on me and Mitch shouts on me and goes John come here and he's like how do, how would you feel in that I'm just thinking like, I'm thinking for you I'm thinking like for you Aye. as a person because as I said I've got an unbelievable relationship with him like, I still speak to him yeah. and uh, 
I was like, listen, you're the manager, whatever you decide, I stick by it. Like, I'm a player, mm-hmm. I don't make these decisions. It's totally up to you. I said, it doesn't bother me, whatever. So yeah. he, said, okay. he literally said on the pitch, like, well, we're just standing there, like, looking at the pitch before we're going to get changed. He's like, okay, give me five minutes. <laughs> and then he came back and he's like, I'm just going to pull you because I want to look after yeah. you. know what? That's, that's a lot of respect because you're actually thinking of the person, not the player. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was like, yeah, okay, I respect the decision. He's like, the, the deal's going to be done. Because he said to me as well, the deal's getting done after the match. So I was thinking, okay, sweet. So the boys are saying, like, is that obviously because I went from being in to not being in? So I was like, done. And I was like, I think so. So I'll, after even after the game, the boys were like, you know, even <laughs> standing after the match and obviously use one. Yeah. And all the land boys are coming up to me saying, I've seen my, this was... I think it was the during the weeker game or something. It's a Friday night, it was, it? yeah. Because we, we Linfield was like in mid the morning. The Tuesday, because the thing yeah. is, I was going to sign and hopefully play on the Tuesday against Linfield. Yeah. That was the plan because Mitch, Mitch was out, wasn't he? Mitch played against yeah. us, we could play against Linfield. So that was the whole plan. So the yeah. Lamboys were coming up to me after match saying, "Listen, I'll see you in training on Monday." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah I'll see you <laughs> Monday." <laughs> and obviously, Mike pulled me after the game. He's like, "You're not going." I was like, you just told me I'm going. No, I don't know what was going on. So then went into the training, obviously, and I was like, listen, he said to me, what? I don't want you to go. I really don't want you to go. And I was like, but I said, my head's in alarm now. I want to go. Yeah. And this was the last day. And then he was like, right, okay, because I respect you as a person, and I've got a lot of time. Whatever he says, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to allow you to go because I know you really want to go. Aye. And I was like, okay, perfect. Just allow me to go back and play. So as you said, it was a long month, but it was, it was only thirty-one days. I feel, but it felt like months. <laughs> sure <laughs> because it's the hard bit because everyone knew. Like, even when I was in Belfast, yeah, I was about the shops or whatever, and people were like, oh, "Why are you going to learn?" Or I mean, like something like, you get the you get the yeah. ups and you get you get the yes and no people. Who are, so you're all over the place. You don't really know what to do. So even the, player, say, like, the players are asking you. I suppose it sounds obvious, but for you, like playing, it's like very important. You always want you don't want to be sitting on the bench somewhere wherever you you want to go. You'll just go where you can play. Yeah, that's the thing. But even as I said, it blends. Like I knew, like when I, I knew when I was, as I said, even when I went and spoke to Mick when I first told him, like I knew coming out of the office, like I'll not play again here. Like, I'll not play until I leave yeah. because. I didn't go in and say I want to leave. I just went in and says because there was negotiations of a new contract and stuff, and I was saying, no, I, I want, I want, I'm actually looking to see if I can go to Lyle. So I knew from then I wasn't going to play. So and he actually said to me as well, he said to me, "You're not going to play because we know you want to go to Lyle." So yeah. I knew. I was sitting there thinking, watching games, and players were saying to me like, "Oh, you should be playing here." And that's. So I was like, "Listen, I'm, I don't need. I'm not being big headed, but I know I should. But I'm not playing for a reason, and I respect that." So. As I said before, like even even Mick said to me near the end when I was when I was leaving, he's like, "You made it so hard because you said stayed so professional." Kind of, he said, "See, we threw your toys out the pram or something." Then I'd have yeah. been like, "Don't you go, go and out." He says, "But I really didn't want you to go, whatever." So I knew from then, like as a manager, if I put myself in his situation, a player tells me that he's going to leave and he's going to go to one of our teams, you're not going to play him because then you can't justify playing him over one of the other players who's probably got another two years left in his contract. Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So you can't... That aspect, I totally understood it. That's why I never went in and questioned why yeah. he wasn't playing me. And plus the boys were on a good run. I think it's, to be fair, we were on a good run then I think we lost one game then that's when I went and asked to leave and then when I came out I think they went on and won like eight games or something so I was like, that maybe it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> but you said you, you've... Touch upon like you the various relationships you've had with your managers in your career. I just want to ask, what's your relationship like with Tiernan now compared to the rest of them that you've had? Tiernan's a 
Tiernan's um, Tiernan's people talk about Matt, as I said before. I said Neil Lennon's one of the best man managers. Tiernan's like up there with Neil Lennon's one of the best man managers. Tiernan mm-hmm. only thinks his players. Like he, yeah. I think he thinks his players like as his, like his own children. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think he would treat his children the way. Obviously, he loves his children. You know what I mean? But he treats yeah. us as if like we're properly his family. Like see, even see the whole thing with the coronavirus that was going on at the start. Obviously, yeah. he's obviously no tear in the situation with his daughter and how yeah. if he gets it, it's like devastating and stuff. Like obviously, he we come in and we shake hands and say morning. That was like we couldn't do that, and you could see tearing. It was like getting to him like yeah. really bad like he couldn't come in and shake your hands and give us a hug and say like good morning yeah and we were like like we were trying to stay him like stay away from us but he just wants to be part of it all he just brings everyone part that's why i go back to the whole thing of you have to have a certain personality and yeah. a certain a certain like demeanor about you to play for peeling and kenny alarm because it's everyone in the change room pushes the same way so if you bring someone in who ruins that then it ruins everything else that you built yeah. and that's down to Tiernan how he's built it and um, as I said Tiernan he's an unbelievable person un- unbelievable unbelievable manager I think some his sessions are the sessions for me are probably the best since I've left Celtic his training sessions are unbelievable yeah. some of the sessions he's put on in the tempo he makes you play it and the fitness and even the staff like it's sports science and stuff like Mikey is un- un- Mikey's unbelievable his, his, his sessions he puts on and like obviously you have all the data and stuff and he's on, he's on it non-stop and yeah how it can be obviously we didn't have that at Glens or whatever but like the way they have it is even obviously you think of Blackpool's a massive club Dunfermline also massive club like Larn's bigger in that area than what they were really oh, even their training sessions are way better than both and see their whole professionalism is way better than them both like way better like not even in the same league completely different and I think again again I think it comes down to Kenny as well though obviously the manager's got to install and say what he wants but it comes to Kenny of literally giving him what he wants yeah do you know what I mean so you can't really you can't go and work under somebody who's saying nah just do this or no do that Kenny's obviously it goes back to pure and because he's in it for the, the right reasons he's not in yeah. it for do you know what I mean so but Tiernan's unbelievable unbelievable I can't speak I can't really say him because you can't really speak highly enough of him and plus he's your manager so you don't want to get tortured do you know what I mean for saying something about him but yeah. uh, he's, he's, he's an unbelievable person someone that you I think you can say anything about but see as, as an individual as a, just as a person that's yeah. where you get your most respect and I think he's got loads of respect for the type of person he is so yeah, funny you said you said about the the relationships like he's built up tearing them like with the players. I actually was one of the sponsors for the Glenavon game, the last game actually we played before this whole virus hit, and yeah. I I was a sponsor then. You know the way you go look at the the current court and you have your maiden stuff, even just yeah. tearing with the sponsors. Never mind the players. He was like so genuine and humble. Yeah, and, he's normal. Like you can get yeah, you can understand. You like it's like it's like. When you meet someone and you come away from you have a conversation with someone and you come away from it and you think everyone does it. You come away and you think he's this or he's that, do you know what I mean? Because you don't feel as if he's been real. Like Jalen's yeah. real. He will treat that's what I mean about the kids. Like he would treat us the way obviously treats him better and whatever. But he do you know what I mean? He treats people the way people should be treated. And when you do that, you get respect for it. And I think yeah. that's why everyone does what they do for him, because he's just normal. He's a normal person. He doesn't think he's better than anyone. He doesn't look down at anyone. As you said, whether you're a player, whether you're Kenny, whether you're a sponsor who comes in he gives you the same respect as long as you give him the same respect do you know what I mean so he's he's an unbelievable person he's just said yeah he's even some of the wee stupid things he does and stuff it's unbelievable yeah. looking ahead a bit to when football gets back with the tearing and the squad players what do you think the squads that capable of within the Irish League or further 
going back going back to the management staff and Keelan and Seamus and oh my god what's his name again I forgot Tim um, and then obviously <laughs> Mikey the sports science like, and then Ken and Kenny on the top of that like it's up to obviously they can, they can they can set certain like parameters or stuff that we need to do or they can give us everything like they give it they give they literally give us everything so it's down yeah. to us but this club can be like this club should win the league like this club could get should get to the top in the next three years I feel pure and simple but if they bring in the right people and the right standard of players and and the way they are like the professionalism they continue to be obviously the league's going to get tougher but the next yeah. year or two this club this, the next year or two the club will challenge for the league and like I mean I mean challenge I mean like people bullying us as if to say oh we're going to land this week or like land or land like we're top of the league do you know what I mean like even this year when I joined I said to Tiernan like you can ask him like I said to him like yeah. we'll finish the top your top three or four I says and he was like oh but old. we were we were can't remember the gap when I joined I'm not saying he's down to me obviously but I'm just because I looked at the, I looked at the fixtures and I looked at all fixtures and I was thinking I said to him this is a really good chance we could get to Europe in here. And yeah. He was like, yeah, I think that as well. If we bring the right players, and obviously brought in, brought in Mitch as well. He's been brilliant as well. So, um, and as I said, that's just going to add every year. You've just got to look up. You've just got to improve yourself and get better. Or else you'll go and bring someone else in. And it's as simple yeah. as that. Football's a, a harsh game, but um, as I said, I feel as if this this team um, can get to. I honestly can get to wherever it really wants to be and that's pure and simply as well down to the foundations that Kenny set and the, the um, standard that the management manager and his, his staff bring in every day to training and the the things that he demands so yeah it's, that's, 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 that's mad to hear like for me it's like a fan because I can remember the, the, the times when like we were we were just in the championship and it didn't really look like we were going anywhere really you know before we got the the new pitch like the work done around the facilities and stuff like that before the full-time football came in and just you saying that and you've only been here three months john it really is like testament as to like how well kenny's like brought this whole community together and it's all is pushing this big effort and making sure everyone's going for the same objective yeah that's the thing like people will say like even if people hear this or read this after they're going to say oh it's all about money it's not about money whatsoever yeah people think oh Kenny like, Kenny does not want profit I don't know I don't know obviously I've not asked him I'm not sad I say Kenny do you want profit do you know what I mean <laughs> but you can tell by pure and simple because the way he is and the things he wants and yeah. even the way he is around us and the things that he gives us it just gives everyone the best opportunity like, if you give someone the best opportunity then they're going to succeed or they're going to get better and even if you don't succeed or you don't get better he's going to look after you because you've yeah. given him the way he looks at it as well is like even for us it's good for us like, as I said I've started doing coaching again Haven and I'm doing my badges while I'm here. I wasn't really that interested in doing my badges. Like I'm don't say I'm not interested in doing them. I was always going to do them. But yeah. to look at just now, like I feel maybe I've got another eight to ten years in me easily. But I'm thinking, am I looking just now to be a coach? No, I'm not interested. But he helps you in every way you can by putting. If you put a little bit into alarm, he do put an effort into you. Do you know what I mean? So as, as yeah. long as you're willing to work hard and help him, he's always going to be there to help you. And that's never been here three months, and Kenny's helped me in so many ways that I can't say already. And yeah. that's again, it's a testament to the type of person he is, and the people around him, and the people he's got working for him. 
as I said before, he can bring in people who's he can bring in anyone he wants. He can go and ask anyone and give them X amount of money, but he's not going to bring in the same. He's not going to have the same structure or the same um, thing that that Taylor's had. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I said yeah. it's all about personalities and type of pe- the way, type of way people are. And for me, since I've been here, I've loved it. And as I said, I've got enough two years in the summer, and uh, to be honest, right now I can't really see myself leaving anywhere. Because I, I honestly just love the place. So yeah, it's, it's great to hear. Like it's been. Like the the clubs had that much of an effect on you, John. Even though you've only been here for months, I just want to yeah. ask: Has there been any like your per, like I asked Ben the question last week? Is a personal highlight for you, even just this short space of time? Evan, and you've been really like, what? Wow. There's been there's been a few. Even the first half at Colerain was. That's why it made it so hard. The second half, like that was mental. That was that, actually mental. That, um, See the thing is though, again, it just sums up. But like, even after the match, like it's even it's even hard to talk about. I'm trying, I'm trying to wear. <laughs> like, we dominated so much. Like, everyone can see. Like we dominated so yeah. much that first half. But listen, <laughs> the manager told us at half time. Everything they told us happened. He told us the second half. When he said this should not happen, and then it happened. Yeah. He literally told us every part and you're going through the game he told us not to do that because again you just feel as if I'm letting him down do you know what I mean I know what you, mean. you You think of but you're trying you, you're not you're, it's not getting to you it's not putting pressure on you but you're just thinking and that's when you sit back and like for me I analyse it and I was like oh no like we dominated so much we didn't take a chance we took one chance but we should have had more yeah. um, it should have been at least two up and I think if we go out it's a different game and obviously we miss a chance early as well and then obviously listen we could, Everyone's seen the game. The big boy Owens was the difference when he came on at half time, but yeah. his name in it Owens. He was the difference yeah. when he came on, but the, the gaffer told us. The gaffer came in, they said, they're going to bring Owens on, they're going to kick it long. We shouldn't stop the way we're playing. Continue to keep the ball on the ground, continue to play, keep changing. Everyone interchange. They can't live with us because the first time they couldn't live with us, there was boys turning around to us and boys to me in the middle of the pitch saying, Would you stop running? Would you stop moving? Like, they didn't know where to go. They didn't know yeah. how to mark us. They didn't know what to do. Then we went out second half and we were just so static and just kicked the ball long. And everyone knows that we're not a team like. We're not strong if we kick it long. Like we can win battles, yes, but and we just we literally just stopped playing. We lost the game ourselves, and that's it was so hard after the game because you just felt as if you actually like let people down. And Kenny, and that was there as well. Do you know what I mean? And it was it was yeah. hard, but um, considering being like from how how high we were at half time, even the boys at half time, I think we're all saying to ourselves, "This is what's going to happen as well." After Tierney said, "Don't let it happen," and then it goes out and it happens, and then. When you're out there and you let your levels drop, to when your levels drop, it's hard to lift them back up again. And uh, yeah. we, we done that. We went out and started poor. From the first kickoff, they took it back, punted it to Owens, and won the first header and won the second ball. And then that was it. From then yeah. it was hard to get back up. And they had us on the ropes for a while. And then when they scored, it was like, Jesus, here we go. Yeah, and that was it. How, how what's the atmosphere like in the dressing room after a big defeat like that? Or it was it was quiet, so quiet um, because everyone knew. Again, they go back to because we were saying the manager said what was going to happen. Like this is what they're going to do. So he he gave us every bit of information. It's not as if we didn't know or we thought, oh, we'll just go here again and just play like Barcelona. Like we knew how they were going to come out. We knew they were going to change the shape. We knew they were going to go two up front because they went one up front the first half, played three in the middle to try and stop us. We knew they were going to bring a midfielder on because we were we were overrun them in the middle of the pitch with three v three. We knew they were going to put two in and put two up front just to bring Owens on and hit him. So it, it gave us every information. He was right. Everything he said was right. So it was just, I say it was just a pure, like, 
oh, like we've let so many people down. Not even the fact because yeah. it was on TV or anything. Nothing to do with that. We, we didn't care about that. We've not got the players again. Not, the players that we've got haven't got the personality of that. It's just like we're like we were just lost the game and it was it was hard to take considering how well we done the first half and then you go and speak to everyone they say oh unlucky but how good we the first half and you're thinking oh that makes it even worse but we yeah. were so good that we come away with it and you've got nothing you know what I mean so I'd rather play bad and come yeah. away with the win you know what I mean so I can't remember what game it was after I don't know if it was one point I know it was windy but we didn't play that well we didn't play well but we still won you know what I mean I'd rather play yeah. bad and win than the next round rather than lose so um, yeah. it's hard but listen we're going the right direction as I said the manager's got us playing the right, the right type of football as well so yeah is that, that that particular game the Colwyn one was it like a hard pill to swallow like you said because of how we really should have won it but just the circumstances it wasn't our night but like I, I always think that comes with experience in a way because everyone seems to forget this is our like first year back in the premiership so yeah, like that's, that's it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough because because how well we've, we've progressed and we've done it so quickly that everyone's like even everyone before the season was finished was thinking Jesus Christ look at Lan like how much are they putting dragged it back like Lan could Lan could get up there like as I say before I'm, I'm not a genie but I knew that like I literally knew that that's another yeah. reason why I was thinking we've got we've got everything there to do it it just needs time in some places you don't get enough time but again it goes back to the management staff and, and Kenny the owner who's get, Kenny the owner's given the manager time and he's given us time and we're all adapting and we're all, we're all together and that's even yourselves the media team users are all the exact same do you know what I mean so everyone's pushing yeah. the same direction and it's as I said next year for us will be a big year I feel yeah so thanks John for just this cracker second episode of podcast before you go I just want to leave you with some quick fire questions if you don't mind so favourite food John favourite food yep Yep. Chinese Chinese hard to beat (laughs) favourite sport outside football basketball Basketball, I like. Yeah, I love favorite, basketball. Lisa, bait, bait missing it even more oh, than ever now. Yeah, I know. Favorite TV show? Oh, favorite TV show, Jesus. I was watching Queen of the South there, so I'll say that that was unbelievable. Yeah. Netflix, you seen that? Sad's pretty oh, good. Very good. Favorite film? I've just and you seen any of the Marvels? Yep. I didn't have, see one. I hadn't seen one single Marvel film. See during this thing, I've just finished the last one today. I've just fin- before oh, after I phoned, you, before I phoned you, I just finished watching Endgame. Hardly. What do you think of it? Unbelievable. <laughs> Great set of films. I've I've watched them all in the space oh. of a couple of days. Oh, jeez. <laughs> good to see so you putting your free time to good use. <laughs> Correct. Uh, favorite artist? Drake. I like that answer. Good answer, John. Favourite song at the minute? Favourite song at the minute? To be fair, Tiny Tempest new song's good. I only downloaded that the other day. Really? I'll have to give it a listen. Do you need to name it? Um, it's called Top Winners. Top Winners. I'll be sure to let you know my review Please. after that. <laughs> and final question. If you were to isolate yourself with three of your current teammates, who would it be and why? Three? Oh, Jesus. Yep. I'm going to let a few people down here. CC. <laughs> Connor, CC. Why? Listen, see even like I know this is an answer thing, right? See the abuse that guy takes and how <laughs> I, I swear to God, like obviously I spoke highly Tierlin and Kenny there, yeah. but see see Connor Devlin, like you can put this in the thing. Connor Devlin's like one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. Yeah. He's one of the most positive but one of the most genuine, nicest people like I've met I've got a lot of close friends and obviously I've known him for a wee bit longer than I've been here. But I've known him properly since I've been here. He's honestly one of the nicest, genuine people you'll ever meet in CWC. Even the night when we played, we played Glenn's there, so then, um, at your place and see the, the abuse he took there. And 
he's only a normal person, do you know what I mean? And uh, some of the abuse he takes and some of the stuff he gets said to him for him to be so strong and some of the stuff he does, he's a credit to people. So I'd definitely say him, but not for that. Not for that reason. <laughs> he's, just a, he's just a nutcase. Him, yeah. Marty. Marty's a funny guy. Yeah. Don't know the last one. So impression. I'm, I'm close with Kellen. I know Kellen really well, so I'll say Kellen. That would be a mad house party <laughs> if he's isolating. But Mark Randall's but, in there as well. There's a few Mark Randall, Andy Mitchell, I'm really close with as well. Jeff, there's, there's loads. I don't know. I only, only had to pick the three, but they're, they're not bad. They're not bad three to pick. But well, that's that's all from us. Thanks, John, for coming no on. This is a great podcast. Hopefully, yeah. you enjoyed yourself. Uh, you as well. Stay safe, lads. Stay See you later, John. Cheers, thanks. Thank you all so much for listening to the second episode of the podcast with John Heron. Be sure to keep an eye out for our social medias over the next few days, whether that be at the Facebook, Lauren Football Club, the Twitter, at Lauren FC, Instagram, at Lauren Football Club, or the club website. Again, thank you all so much for listening, and we hope to put out another episode for you soon. Goodbye.